It's a rare condition. It's called AIDS. When Michael Johnson got it, we all thought he was gay. If there is a cure, it'd be from God's design. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic cure inside those deep state walls. Cause all I see are medical fees. My whole family's victim to HIV. We really live horrible times, but make hilarious memories. We're consciously monetizing our traumas and our friendship. We also talk about smart guy stuff sometimes. We know the show's got a stupid name. Welcome to Always Very Always. I remember one day, this is probably the most turned on I've been in quite some time when I went to Walgreens and I uh, saw. Hello? What? <laughs> hello? Why you just start a sentence talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> rewind, rewind, rewind. Say that again, but this time I want you to be self conscious while you say it. Uh, this is the most turned on uh, uh, um, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, that I've been in a uh, long my time. My bozy wozy was really big that day. Well, I mean, I, I didn't say nothing about a boat. It was, it was, meant to, it was intellectual turned oh, on. Oh, 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 okay, okay. She, I'm listening. Um, yeah, I saw a woman basically wearing like a, she was dressed like a ninja without like the head covered up. And she had like a ninja like Mark, that's a really strange way to speak about Muslim women, and I don't think that that's cool, bro. No, she didn't have the head thing on. She was not a Muslim. Oh, I mean, she may have been, but uh, not that type that covers their head or whatnot. Um, but how was she dressed? You said she had basically ninja attire on. Yeah, she had like a ninja footwear. The way the uh, ninja pants at the bottom like sort of cuff off. Uh huh. And I was like, damn, that's like, that's hot. <laughs> Mark's fantasy is to date a ninja woman. Well, I never thought about it before then. I never, ha- I really haven't thought about it since then. But man, it's like the awakening, bro. Every kid has their awakening, man. Yeah, it was me, 22 years old, in the Walgreens with my last $5 trying to buy a bag of chicken nuggets to make it to the, <laughs> to the next paycheck. Oh, my Lord, dude. It's like that the Don't one. Don't get me started, bro. The 7th and the 16th, bro, we'll be waiting on those days. See, mine wasn't a 7th and 16th thing. It was uh, every time I, it was like five business days, I think. Every time I turned in my work, I got $200 waiting for me. $200 every five days. But I got paid, like, so let's say Monday through Friday, I had I turned in work every single day. I would make, what's that, $1,000, but I would get it five days after each of those days so the next monday i would get paid next tuesday next one so like every day every weekday i'm getting paid two hundred dollars that's how that's the job i had like two hundred dollars a lot of money to be making in a day though yeah i busted my ass at that job to make that money because it was was, that's not that's good money it was purely performance based but the sad thing about it i couldn't keep the job because it was it was a finite project what was this you were doing i was editing those uh the YouTube videos? No, the the car salesman uh, educational videos. Oh wow! 
And they no, were bro, two, 200 a day. It's probably the best job I'll probably ever get in a, a thousand, quite some time. A thousand a week? Like, I guess. You could have kept that job, really. I mean, I there's no more work to do. So it was just it was done with after like six months. But there was like a nice like at the beginning when I hit my stride, there was like a three week stretch where I made three thousand dollars. And I was like, Hell yeah. And then my computer broke so I Man, when I tell you I ain't even had that much money in my bank account at one time. Mm-mm-mm. But uh It's so expensive being broke, man. It's so expensive being broke. Wait, did my rapper? Hold yeah, on. It's it's hard to it's Hold very on. expensive to be broke because you gotta pay the crack bill. Dude, I gotta pay an hour and thirty minutes every time I wanna go somewhere. That's my my my, my toll. Either that or twenty bucks. When are you gonna learn how to drive? I know how to drive. I don't have a car, genius. Oh. <laughs> I'm poor. I'm poor. We got three working adults in my family. We got one car. You get me? My mom lives in my, my mom works at the Austin in West Jeff. She need the car. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Keith, he got a work van because he drives like deliveries and stuff. Me, I got a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I applied for probably like 80 jobs in the past three days. And it's really all these I find so annoying is that none of these jobs are like no remote positions available. Fuck you for for not wanting to spend all this money trying to go to work. And it's like it's, it's they're getting really aggressive about it, but it's purely for them to justify them renting office space. And it's fucking don't pass it on to me. You know, Cause basically they have to rent it no matter what. So they want you to use it. Yeah, because they're going to need it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have a base of operations. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's fucking annoying. <sighs> but if you, if anyone out there want to hire me for uh, video editing, if anyone out there want to hire me, like, I don't know, like, if you're like a hot chick and you like really fit and you want me to, like blow your back out on a regular or something, I got you. Come on, man, you can't be commoditizing black bodies to yourself over here. <laughs> Uh, if you need like a really big hug, <laughs> I've been needing a hug for a minute, bro. So I'm with you on that one. Whoever out, whoever out there need a hug, me too. I remember my mother telling me that there's like an app that you could pay someone to hug you and spoon you for an hour. Yes, that's fucking stupid. Honestly, they honestly, make a lot bro, of money too. that's fucking gay, bro. Professional cuddlers make a lot of money, Mark. That's gross. How's it gross? To get hugged by a stranger, skinship. Skinship? What does that mean? Like friendship? Skinship. I don't need none of that skinship. Unless we're talking about foreskinship and we're in a bathhouse situation. Not as Let bros be bros, but skinship, that's not. That's not us. It's already it's already shameful enough to pay for sex. It's even more shameful to pay for basic human affection. Is it actually? Why is it more shameful to pay for sex? I guess you're right. <laughs> I guess you're right. Why is it? Yeah. Why is it any more painful? Because I, I guess maybe I'm just. Man, I'll be watching commercials. Like, look at that guy. I should be in a Crest commercial. That dude literally just looks like me. Yeah, but uh, he's like a one in a thousand chance. There's probably a thousand guys that look like that. That's what I'm saying, bro. I be looking at these regular ass people in these commercials. I'm like, man, why aren't I in these commercials? 
I've been thinking maybe I should become a stunt man, bro. That might work out for me. You gotta go to stunt man school. I mean, what I was saying, what I was thinking is, I already know how to climb. I know how to skateboard. I can jump really fucking high. <laughs> I mean, you just weren't. You just say you were worrying about uh, those aches and pains when you turn thirty. Like that's. But ge- if I could ca- if I could catch a few bags on the way, it's not gonna be heavy bags. They're gonna be medium sized bags. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's funny? As I was thinking about, I've been thinking about a lot. I don't need that much money, dude. Un- until I get uh, what do you call it? Acquainted with a delusional woman who I really like, I'm not gonna need that much money. You know what I'm saying? Once I marry my my CIA fucking <laughs> <laughs> the person who's trying to honey trap me for some reason to honey get to, to get me to do a terrorist attack. I remember when you first told me about honey potting or honey trapping, bro. I was like, what? <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Yeah, I was reading recently about how. Like how exactly the CIA gets regular citizens to like try to convince them to do terrorist stuff. They tried to do that. They tried to have real relationships with them. And then like, yeah, how about we try to establish the caliphate or whatever? <laughs> how about that as well? You you we do we you get we married hear, later. We hear about like the, the declassified stuff that the CIA got after back in the day. It really lets you know like, man, what are they not doing back now? in the day right now? I was gonna say, what are they up to now today? If that's what they was doing yesterday. Four yesterdays ago, they admitted to spilling crack on the ground and saying, get you some. If 60 years ago, they killed the president, what are they doing (laughs) now? (laughs) Right now, today, while Donald Trump, well, not not while, but like two years back. It does feel like Donald Trump's still president. It does, actually. Yeah, yeah, dude. (coughs) It's funny because Joe Biden has done a lot of practical, like, practically, um, what do you call it? Impactful things in his short time in office. Like what? The student loan forgiveness. We're talking billions of dollars he's put towards. Like, yeah. Like that was a very. Well, apparently we do qualify. I know this is like two months ago when we brought this up on the podcast, but apparently we do qualify because it's Pell Grant recipients as well. Oh, wow. Cool. Well, I've been getting phone calls, bro, but I didn't trust it. I mean, those probably are scam phone calls. Yeah. I mean, I get tons of them no matter what. He pulled out of Af- Afghanistan, right? I mean, that yeah. had to had to happen at some point. Yeah, he was like, I mean, that is I, honestly Joe Biden did a pretty solid job from my perspective. He also um, he signed into he signed the bill to try and help decrease inflation and everything. He's been helping us manage the gas prices. Joe Biden hasn't been doing so bad. Well, let's get, keep it real. Joe Biden's team that has him puppeteering has not been doing a bad job. I mean. It's all graded on the fucking American scale. They're, they're not doing good. Yeah. They're not doing good. They did the bare minimum for not the fucking for the society not to fall apart, and it's still not doing too great. But if he if if I was the president, none of this none of this Ukraine shit would have happened. Mm. The war wouldn't happen in the first place. I would have pulled out a NATO. I, this is the type of shit that would get you assassinated by the CIA. By the way, seeing all this, saying not say. Having the on them thinking that you have the honest intention to do something that's against the U.S. imperial interests. Mm-hmm. That's why they killed JFK. They thought he was going to pull out of Vietnam in the early 60s. So they had to, you know. So who did the CIA's allegiance? Who is the CIA's allegiance to at this point? 
uh, if you're like a regular CIA agent, it's whoever you're like the equivalent of your commanding officer, your boss. It's the, the no, who is the CIA as a, as an authority? Like the who is the CIA in allegiance to? American Empire, their own like general self interest. The whole idea of America being the decider in the world, like mm-hmm. that's the at the highest level. Yeah. They're dedicated to that. They're dedicated. They're dedicated to maintaining America's force over the world. Yes. Okay. So everyone under them, they might think that they're good people. They might not view it the way that the way it is because they're getting it done for them anyway. Yes. Because they have they they're they're loyal to the chain of command in the same way a soldier is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's how you can get. Without the gears of war, bro. We're all cogs. Yeah, we're all cogs. But the question is, will will you have a sweet getting chainsaw and a half death? If I was like, sweet, sweet, that ruled <laughs> sweet. <laughs> that's like sometimes I do. I, I view things like you know how I, I think that's how the Vikings must have thought. I want to be eviscerated before I go. Mm. Amen. To Valhalla, as they say. Yeah, that's how they say it. They said an Italian accent just like that. To Valhalla. <laughs> you know what, bro? I was <laughs> <laughs> Recently, I've been, I've been like singing in Italian and Spanish. And uh, I guess as I code switched the languages, I did not quite have the right accent there, bro. I just, I was stuck in my freaking uh, Cali Uchi's Spanish jazz music. So, you know what I'm saying? Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> that was not even intentional. I don't even know how they would. I don't know where the people the would be sounding. Uh, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh yeah, if uh, so these midterms are coming up. I feel like these midterms been coming up for like two years. <laughs> the midterm elections? Yeah, I was talking about midterm exams for a second. Oh no. I took some of mine already. Mm-hmm. Got an A. Nice job. And I got another one coming up next week. And Dude, I, I missed my first test. And our lowest test grade gets dropped, but it's at the end of the semester. So my class grade is like un- unnecessarily way lower than it actually is on my hug. You can't be looking at that. You can't be looking at your grades. It's never good, right? That's not it's just like why stress yourself out. I mean, I'm not stressed. I got 100, a 95. And in reality, an 88. So, I'm good. Like, the way looking at your grades, like, how to change your behavior is, like, the same way when you see a camera or a microphone. It, like, it, it it changes your behavior. You wouldn't normally act that way, the way I feel. I normally wouldn't study, but now since I'm looking at my grades, I kind of half-ass study. But, like, that's a waste of my time. Mark, the honest, true Mark Anthony Davis, doesn't study. He just takes tests. It fails, pass, whatever. <laughs> And that's that's how I should be judged. <laughs> I, I, I like how most people who like confidently say they don't study, like like me first. I don't study, but I'm the type that I'm getting the angels on my test. I like the way you say I don't study. That's fair. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> we'll see when we can walk into the classroom whether I have any clue what's on that test or not. Do you not pay attention in class and don't study? Because that's wild. I probably you got to st- pick a struggle. I feel like my struggle is I don't like study slash do homework. But I pay attention in class and I get A's on every test. You on the thing. It sounds like you was like <laughs> Mind Conf is My Lord, dude. I stopped uh I probably stopped paying attention in class like in twenty sixteen. Because like what's the point, honestly? The last time I probably paid attention in class was Mr. Moorhead's class. The point to me is I'm gonna be there no matter what. So if I'm there, I'll pay attention. Nah, like, I can... classes, for instance, I do skip a lot. Like for instance, Fridays. 
One of my classes, I don't have a five. The other one is from 9 to 9.50. So why would I wake up at 7 o'clock to get on the bus, to get to school at 9 o'clock? Just so I can, uh, what's good? No, you're good. So why would I wake up at 7 o'clock, 6.30, if I want to actually be dressed appropriately, to get on the bus at 7.30, to get to school at 9 o'clock, to leave at 9.50, to get back on the bus at 10.30, to get back home at 12 o'clock? I don't know if you counted up the hours right there, but it was like four or five. It just spent wasting time. And it's like, so that's my version of not paying attention in class. It's like, if you're not going to pay attention, you just don't go, honestly. I mean. It's funny, yeah. bro. I, I, I uh, woke up from the Matrix like halfway through high school in senior year. Like the first day that I just like straight up didn't go to school and nothing happened. I was like, wait, we could just skip class. I could have been skipping class this whole time. Nothing's going to happen. Some of the classes they do take, they do take attendance into your grade, but who gives a fuck, honestly? Yeah, bro. I remember, uh, like skipping for like two weeks in a row, living on UL's campus, just skipping class. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what? Well, in college, it gets to the point where it literally doesn't matter. Like yeah. many classes, they they deliberately don't take attendance. Yeah. Like my chemistry teacher, she takes attendance, but it doesn't count towards that grade at all. She says she just has to report it to the school or whatever. And like, okay, you can tell the school that I went to like five classes this semester and got an A on every test. And then, you know, I don't know how that reflects on you as an instructor or me as a student, but as long as I get my A on my transcript, I'm cool. Apparently, and this fucked me up before, like a, a year or so ago, is that if you are if you don't attend any of your classes for the first two weeks, you don't get your financial aid. Yeah, because you're not going to school. Dickhead. <laughs> well, I was going to school this morning. Not you, but I'm saying if that and this is if that happened, like you're not going. I just thought that was like I got so frustrated because it's like it's just like a countermeasure against fraud. I'd imagine. I'm trying to run a scam. Let me, let a brother run a scam. I'm. I thought this was a historically blazing college. Man, it's funny, bro. I remember the dude was t- uh, one of my Uber drivers. I was riding the Delgado. It was telling me. Man, Delgado used to be popping back in the day. Delgado was the spot to be. They used to have all the coolest dances at at, at Delgado. All the flyest players and hottest honeys was out there. <laughs> like a radio host. Yeah. <laughs> no lie, dude. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, they used to have all the dances at Delgado. Like, that was like the spot. He's like, they still, he, he says like, I don't know where he's like, is the calf still called such and such? He's like, we used to be in there. I'm like, damn, bro. Y'all was like living it up. Or when people be telling you about how the East was back in the day. Yeah. We used to have a movie theater right here. We used to have a mall. Now we got a shooting here, a killing there, a drug dealer there. You know what I'm saying? It's just a whole different thing. It used to be more prosperous back in the day. And then, uh, you know, that brain drain. People were like thinking, wait, if every two years we're going to have an apocalyptic hurricane, maybe I shouldn't live here. Oh, bro, they blamed George Bush for that too. Uh, they blamed him for the uh Black the recovery, Bush, yeah. you know, and all that. Three weeks, three weeks. I'm sitting over here swimming around like it's the fucking city of Venice for three weeks. And I was in the Superdome, the Superdome for a while. I told you that, huh? Yeah. Like that's horrific. But to, but to be real, they did pull up in the amphibious vehicles and save us. Like, no lie. That's literally what happened for me and my family. Mm-hmm. 
Where were y'all brought? Oh, from your house, you mean, and brought to Superdome. We we fled our house and went to this. I think it was the St. Bernard Projects. Basically, one of our friends stayed in the project near on like the second or third floor, and we was just up there, you know, Vienna sausage, tuna, bread, cookies, chips. That's we a normal New Orleans East diet. I know, right? But basically, we was up in the projects, and it was flooded to the point where you could not even like leave the second floor, like extremely high waters. Like I'm looking out the window, seeing like all all manner of shit. As I was looking out that window, bro, I still remember to this day from my little five year old eyes. Five, two thousand five, right? Six, six, five or six, seven, eight, ten, four, maybe. I was seven. I was a grown man. Mm. But I remember that, bro. I remember that through those through those little eyes, what I saw floating in the waters. If you get me right, cats and dogs, bodies and bogs, all sorts of things. All sorts of things. I saw all sorts of things going on out the windows. Guns, funds, honey buns. All sorts of things, man. All sorts of things. But yeah, I remember. And uh, when they showed up, you know, the Lily had, they was in their suits, bro. They green suits. It was a large black. It was like an Amtrak or Battlefield, bro. No lie. I'm not going to lie. It was cool to write it. Hmm. Every, every. It was kind of sad, though, when I got off it and realized this is where we're going. Yeah. The, Superdome was crazy. Were bro. you people trying to steal rations from each other and shit? We don't need to get into all that. Were you there when the the Laura Bush, I think it was whatever her name was George Bush's wife, gave a speech and she the basic sentiment of her speech was like uh like this y'all used to y'all used to these conditions, so y'all gonna be all right. At the Superdome. Yeah, at the Superdome. She gave a speech at the Superdome. I don't know, but I know I was there for a while, all the way till mass evacuations. I was in Texas sleeping on a cot at one point. I remember that's one of my only fond memories of that is, uh, you know, my I, my mom literally did carry us like through the water, on like no funny shit, like me on her, me me on her back, sister in hand, trudging through the water, just 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 some single black mother shit, bro. You would never see this go go on anywhere else in the world. But I do recall that. Very dangerous. Yeah. A lot I of, mean, there were no options, bro. Yeah. We could have died. A lot of down po- power died. lines. People got electrocuted and stuff just walking through it. Yeah, we could have definitely died. Jeez. There were many, there are many, many instances I can think back on and be like, yeah, I could have died there, could have died here, could have died there. Could have been in that house without ever like escaping the water in the in the projects. There was a I think I t- I don't know if I ever said it on here, but like the maintenance man, when I moved into the Willows, he was telling us how he like he had to survive Katrina and the Willows. You know, it's around your area. It's. But I didn't used to live in there, but before Katrina, I lived in a sixth ward actually. It's the other side. We lived, we had a house. All right. Well, saying though is that uh, we were like talking one day. I, the maintenance man, my mom, and I was listening. He mm-hmm. was talking about how. Yeah, uh, we were just every me and my two friends. We were just sitting, sitting here, chilling, drinking beers and stuff on the front lawn. One thing we, one thing turned to another. We look on the road on the other side of the interstate. We see this gigantic wave coming over. Yeah, and then we had to hurry up and run inside, run to the not to uh, get to the second floor, climb out of the window, get on the roof, and get to the top of the roof. Yeah, and uh, he said in the process of doing that. His two friends tried to go get, like, go to their rooms 
and get whatever or get their family whatever never saw them again and he was like the only one in that little area of the willows to survive because he was the because everyone else didn't see it coming he was sitting like near the front apartment so like it was like damn just a bunch of people just fucking yeah, like, died. I kid you, bro. Like it was flooded to the point where we were on, we were on the second floor, and there's like water on the second floor of the the project. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and my uh, my grandfather's villa out in uh, Port Sulphur, you know, that's way down there. So you know they got it rough. Uh, some a lot of like people on the Weather Channel was saying that Port Sulphur right now is getting DP'd by Katrina. And because it was pretty bad, they were getting like the flood from the river and the hurricane from the top. Yeah. Um. So it was like it was seventeen feet, seventeen feet, seventeen. And my the, that's like three marks. Hmm. That's like three marks almost. Oh, that's the way I think about it. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was, luckily my man, he the villa is like like all those houses when you go down south down there, they're like. It start the the rooms aren't until the third floor, like this big pylons or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it still got in the room though. Uh, but anyways, for me for Katrina, it was pretty simple. We just went to Texas and then we lived there for two years. And George Bush gave us a house. What? Yeah. In Texas. Yeah, we lived there for we lived there for a year, and the only thing I remember about it was playing GTA three on the PS two and my dog choking to death. In front of you? On a not in front of me. It happened while we were sleeping. He went in the garbage and he ate a chicken bone and just fucking woke up and saw a big giant dead dog in the kitchen. It's like damn, and we had to bury him. Gave him a proper burial. You know, I don't remember his name, but he was a cool guy. And the other thing I remember about Texas about that time, I I was a uh, in like what kindergarten, first grade, and R.I.P. Mark's good dog. And there was a twelve year old student, and. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say about it. It's just funny to me. It was a twelve-year-old in kindergarten. <laughs> was was he like uh, mentally impaired? I guess so, but he didn't seem like he's like a normal guy. But he didn't talk though. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. He uh, might have been like severely autistic or something. Damn. But uh, I remember, like I said, we slept on cots for a while in Texas before we like. Got I remember getting them introductions, bro. Like. Everybody say hi to Dantes. He's from New Orleans. His school's underwater. <laughs> Everybody say hi, Dantes. <laughs> People get introduced me to, to the Dallas kids, bro. I remember thinking, they, I was like, it's such a strange thing when you like, you like are moved from your place to somewhere where they like have a completely different dialect. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, they actually talk like that in Texas. Like they all. In well, the- how to Dantes? <laughs> Not to that extent, but like to the point where it's very noticeable that they all speak completely differently from me. You know See, I'm, I'm just a humble sixth grader in the oil business. How about you? Man, and then uh I do remember that uh for at one of the relief I don't know if it was like a camp or like uh wherever they had it's like at before we I got into school, they were like they had like board games and stuff for us, you know what I mean, just to keep us occupied. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned how to play chess for the first time. And like I literally just watched them play, and then I was like, I want to try. They're like, Well, do you know how to how to pieces move? I'm like, Yeah, I got the idea. You know, I, I watched, and uh, you know, to the point where I was like beating the adults. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, Damn, like that was my. Uh, I remember reading uh, what's his name? I don't want to get it wrong. Jose Raul Capablanca, bro, one of the first world chess champions. 
He had, he had a similar experience. I'm like, damn, bro. As I was reading, I was like, this is just like that time when I was learning how to play uh, chess in Katrina, and I was like beating adults. Uh-huh. You never know, bro. Butterfly effect shit. If I never if I never moved to Maryland and got involved with that kind of stuff, maybe I would have been like a black chess prodigy. <laughs> one one of few. Uh, my thing with that with like moving places because that fucks you up completely. It, you for the rest of your life you'll be asking what if when you like your parent when something makes you move from a city or an environment. Yeah. And for me that was Cape Girardeau, Missouri. It was the perfect place. Like that completely altered my expectation for humanity. Well, it set the foundation for my expectation for humanity. It was calm. It was nice. Everyone was friendly. It helped, it was just diverse enough. I remember one day Cape Girardeau. Uh, Going to the lake where my mom, I mean, my father, uh, like fishing the lake to feed us, met a nice Indian man. He was like telling my dad proverbs and stuff. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a peaceful, like, like a video game, like an RPG I village. Know, right? And everything was just pleasurable. And then as soon as I come to New Orleans, <laughs> manip- <laughs> manip- we're back to my manipulative, manipulative yeah. fucking ancestors, shitty infrastructure, ugly place. Smells like ass, um, and it's just—it's all horrible. And then you get treated—you get treated bad, badly. You have to see other people get treated badly. One of my first teachers fucking threw a desk at a kid. Could have killed him. Other other teachers are throwing stuff. They're throwing guns, and and then the fucking—that's when Katrina happens, and I have to go to Texas, and I'm seeing all types of the seeing all different manifestations of bad education because, like as du- as Dostoevsky said. All happy families are happy in the same way, and all unhappy families are all unhappy in their in, their, in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the way the New Orleans education system is bad, the teachers, these public school teachers, are, are brought to their breaking point. Yeah, and just really can't have an opportunity to even teach the kids the shit on a thing. So you have like these schools have extremely low averages because they never had the opportunity to fill out the whole curriculum. You go to Texas, education's bad because they just fill the books up with bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord! It's like uh, a way, I, especially when like I did a lot of like Marxist research and stuff. Like Louisiana textbooks, or like if you go to uh, if you go uh like read a Louisiana textbook, there's not a whole bunch of anti-communism in there. Uh, it's mostly just a gap in what we're teaching. Mm-hmm. Texas is like it's written by propagandists for propagandists. <laughs> Some real fubu shit. I mean, hey, we had a little bit of that going on in Louisiana. You know, we went to. We went to one of the best schools in the in the country, right? You understand that, right? Yeah, I understand that. What but was our, what was our sex education like? What? What was our sex education like? It was just like that Texas shit, bro. It was like Are you talking about elementary school? I'm talking about in high school. I'm not talking about I'm talking about elementary school. High school is whatever. Oh, high school is whatever. I was going to say like we had that same issue with uh, even with like one of the more high performing schools in Louisiana where because of the legislature they are not allowed to teach they have to teach a certain way, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I the pro- and also another problem because my uncle's a teacher in uh, in Texas, and he's like, there's like no special ed teachers in Texas. The reason he makes like damn near six figures being a special ed teacher because he's like the only one in his school. Yeah, it's like, jeez, but like, did he teach gifted kids or he just did IEPs and everything else? No, he he teaches autistic people, dyslexic people, every learning disability. It's all grouped yeah, in. I was just wondering if, if they, he taught gifted kids as well. Because oh no, you know he never did that. That is considered a disability in some regards. Yeah, you get bullied for it. 
So don't, don't be smart to me looking fucking two plus two equal four head ass. Get him. That reminds me. Uh, we're doing like math for a chemistry class yesterday. And uh, I think it was like it was like six point eight times three over two, right? Six times eight plus three over two. Six point eight. Six point like, eight. Six point eight times. It was basically like it was like stoichiometry. So it was six point eight times three divided by two. All right, Mark's about to nail this, bro. I'm a mentad. Let's see. Let's okay. see. Let's see. I'm almost there. Okay. So divided by two. Okay, we got this. Come on, bro. Please nail this. 9.7? Incorrect. Fuck. <laughs> and, all this, and so basically, she writes this on the board, and when she finishes writing it, she's like, so what do y'all think this is? And I'm like, 10.2. I just say the answer. And she's like, and then she writes it on the board, and then all my classmates just start looking at me like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, you ever see the 10.2 big- head ass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, so after class, my, uh, this guy sits next to me. You know how you're like only acquainted with the one person that sits next to you in class? So I started talking to him at the end of class. He's like, how are you doing them questions so fast, bro? I'm like, oh, all you do is you do six times three. It's 18, right? You keep that number in your head. Then you do eight times three, which is 24. But you shift the decimal over because it's 0.8. So it's 2.4. The 18 plus 2.4 is 20.4. You divide that by two. You get 10.2. Wait, there was adding in that? Yes. There's a plus two? What? It was 6.8 times three over two. Yeah. You have to add. All I did is, okay, if you don't know what I'm doing, expanding form is six times three plus three times 0.8. Man, fuck that. And that is mathematically. Man, fuck that. That's <laughs> fake. That doesn't exist in the real world. It does <laughs> yeah, not exist. That's literally how you do it in the real world. And so basically I said that. Because he, was, he, was, he said it like he thought I had like some secret or something, right? You know, like, they have, like, massive. And so I told him that he was like, oh, yeah, you just good with them numbers. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, he literally asked me. I explained it to him exactly how I did it. And he's, like, he's like, oh, I was right. You just good with them numbers and shit. You get me, dog? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, bro. Yeah. But all it is, you remember when they used to have us do that shit? They'd be like, so what is 191 in expanded form? It's 100 plus 90 plus 1. And I bet you, as a kid, you would think to yourself, why the fuck do I need to know that? When is that ever going to be good? <laughs> no. A 191 is no. 191. Fuck you. It's not 100 plus 91. It's fuck 100 the. plus 90 plus 1. No. No. Okay, what is look, Mark Anthony? But funny, but I'm funny. not legs plus arms plus head plus... <laughs> th- no. I'm, I'm, I only exist as a totality. <laughs> All right. But here's, but here's the funny thing, bro. This is what we be talking about, the ramification. So if I ask you, what's 191 times 4? <laughs> you got to start typing it in the computer. <laughs> Whereas if you ask me, what's 191 times 4? I'm going to tell you 764. Wrong. It's 700 plus 60 plus 4. <laughs> Get fucked, idiot. <laughs> hey, perfect, dude. Perfect. <laughs> that was a perfect wrap up on that, bro. Wrong. It's 700 plus 60 plus 4. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the funniest thing I heard in a minute, bro. But no lie, if you ever want to know the secret to mental math, there you go, right there. It's expanded form and it's having a, a large working memory. Yeah. I guess it's basically what everyone does, but we just like to be forced to do it that way makes me angry, I guess. You're not forced, though. You know what I'm saying? You never would have to actually know it like that. I guess so. Yeah. 
And like you can, if you memorize certain things, then it's even easier. Like for instance, what is a quarter of six? One point five. Yeah. Like you, if you if you know that off the top of your head, now anytime you encounter the number six divided by four, you already know what it is. You know what's odd? I don't know why I'm so slow today, but I do this all the time. Yeah, you're, I know you're very good at math reading. That's why I brought it up to you. Yeah. It's like I could uh like very frequently. I'll have like a set of numbers like six point seven five, like three six point seven fives, a two seven point two fives, and a seven point five. Mm-hmm. And you know that it all adds up to whatever. And I know what it always adds average up to. Mm-hmm. And I always find myself a lot of things that I rate because I like rate wrestling shows, mm-hmm. and I have to average all the ratings I give yeah, it into that. So yeah. I automatically know, oh, that's seven point one three just from this set of numbers I always see. Yeah, or just knowing like one eighth is point one two five. Yeah, you know what I'm it's like stupid shit like that. If you just internalize it, it's funny. In my psychology class, we did a little interesting exercise where uh, our teacher had us like um, what do you call it? Measure our short term memory. Surprisingly, and like I told you, my memory—I was pretty sure, but this was like uh, empirical evidence, bro, that my short term memory is actually much larger than the average person's. So it was—I also have a Chinese exchange student in my uh, class. It's important for later. I'm not just bringing that up randomly. Okay, she's very smart. <laughs> I'm sure you would imagine. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we're doing this. Basically, she just like gives us a list of random words. It was like it was like flower, book, window, pony, like all kind of shit. Right. I can't remember them all that I was. Mm-hmm. And she just reads them. And she's like, OK, now write down as many as you can from the list. And they had 15 total on the list. The average for human short term memory is seven to nine. Now, I got 12 and the Chinese chick also got 12. And as she was, like, asking us, like, uh, how we remembered it and everything, the reason that I was able to remember more of it is because I remember it all. I remember it all at once. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Like, it said book, flower. So I imagine a book with a flower in it. You see what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't imagine just the book or and then just the flower and then just the window. Like, I imagine a book on the ground with a flower inside of it that's, like, by a window. So I'm only remembering one thing. But that one thing is descriptive of all three in the set. Yeah. So to remember book flower horse, mm-hmm. you're not thinking of them individually, yeah. thinking of, oh, a, a book flower horse is a thing. And mm-hmm. that's the thing I got to remember. Yeah. Or I would just remember, like, I wouldn't even remember it at a book flower horse. I was just think I literally think of the the visual image of a, a horse with like a book on the saddle and like a flower coming out of the book. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that simple. And that makes it to where, so it's like. Because in reality, it's not like I'm remembering 12 things. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can remember those 12 things because of the seven things that I chose to remember. You see what, I'm you see mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, what do you call it? So it's, this could be taught. This can for sure be taught. It's not even something you have to learn. It's like if you just think of it in terms of this, you will instantly be better at it. So, but this is not the type of thing that any teacher would ever tell you in school. You see what I mean? So maybe the key to being dementia is just like like putting like old people's memories in zip files you know that's, that's kind of what you're doing <laughs> almost almost and I, if you can find some kind of like ai and programming to do this and you can sync that up with the human brain you know you never know maybe maybe one day we'll have fucking uh a backup file for our whole memory you know what i mean oh, well i mean that's a whole different that's a whole different type of shit i was just saying as a metaphor yeah but i was gonna say too something else very wild that i learned in ed psych because this is educational psychology class this is why we dealing with this type of shit is that uh your long-term memory is essentially infinite. There's no limit to how many things you can hold. It's just how many things you can recall. 
I hate when I was in psychology freshman year in college, I was like, I raised my hand and I see I felt like a dunce at the time, even though I have said it's in earnest. and I think I'm right. How can how can the brain any capacity of the brain be infinite if the only thing in the universe that is infinite is the universe itself? Well, you were composed of all the same things the universe is. Nah, 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 nah. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm spitting right now. Teach. Watch yourself. Everything in the universe is finite beside the universe is so. And then I didn't. And she was like, she just like froze. And she's like, uh, I don't know. And they moved on. And everyone looked at me like I had a fucking steaming turd in my mouth. Okay, well, I still didn't get my answer. you, Mark. I'm smarter than your teacher. I'll give you a short answer to this. She How many though. neurons do you have in your brain? Let's say like, let's say like 200. Just ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's the biggest number you can think of off the top of your head? Let's say a a million and one and two and million three. I guess (laughs) I keep going on. Let's just say a million and four. A million and four. (laughs) A million and four. Pretty big number, all right? Mm -hmm. You have trillions of dendrites in your brain. Trillions, Mark. Trillions of neurons. Mm -hmm. Trillions. Each of these trillions of neurons can interact with any other neuron. So the essentially the number of possible connections between them is how many? Oh, it's a trillion times a trillion no, times. Many trillions times many trillions times, times many, many trillions. Yeah. Because you can also have a connection from this. Basically, it doesn't sound infinite to me. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay. If one neuron is connected to the other, right? That's one connection. Then the connection of one and two to three. Is considered separate from two and three. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one to two is a one distinct connection. Two to three is a distinct connection. One, two, 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 three is a distinct connection. Three to two to one is a distinct connection. Two to one, that's a distinct connection. Three to two. This goes on for trillions and trillions. So like even if, and this is another funny thing, does your brain grow? Isn't it like a it grows and then like it stops pretty early on in life? Yeah, but the the number of connections you can establish between your brain, it never stops, bro. Your your brain always is establishing new connections. That's why you would say it's infinite because there's trillions and trillions and trillions of them. And you can develop more and more and more throughout your life. Philosophically, I'm against the concept of infinite, I guess. Okay. Well, mathematically, trillions and trillions and trillions with many connections between each of those numbers. And it being counted backwards, forwards, across, like in every dimension... It's, way, it's nowhere near finite. I'll tell you like that. It sounds a lot. It sounds like a lot. It's infinite? Not, Short of infinite, it, though. It, it, pretty close to infinite, but... But you're, but watch, you're basically... It's, like, it's, it's basically like, uh, what do you call it? Watch that y'all word. You know, you can say you and him, but don't say y'all. You know? Yeah. You may have infinite connections. I'm very finite. It's about... <laughs> I, I mean, know. when I describe it like that, man, does it just make you think, you know, maybe... Maybe people could be smarter than we really realize. Yeah, of course. We're only using uh, what's the, only using ninety five percent of our brain or something. That mo- that was a movie. Or- We're only using half of our brain. Okay, what you're talking about is a phenomenon called um, what is it? Lateralization. It's called lateralization. The left and and right hemispheres of your brain control different functions, and they also do activate separately. But most things require both to be activated at the same time. That's a myth. That's the way myth. I had to explain to me about this guy at the bus. It says, like, if you have Google Chrome. <laughs> like, I'm literally a college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally. <laughs> 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 I 
I literally tell you, I tell you the name of the phenomena. I explain it pretty accurately to my credit. I'm literally a, a, a college. This, this is why people are psyched that getting paid, bro. Because they're like, the fuck are we saying? Anybody could just pontificate about like psych phenomena and it kind of makes sense, right? Dude. Not, not the same as somebody could just kind of make shit up about how to build a bridge or anything. That's why people in STEM fields get paid more than us, Mark. Yeah. But go ahead, tell, tell, tell me about this guy. The guy at the bus stop was the guy like, at the bus stop when he was explaining lateralization. You know, <laughs> left brain is like using Google Chrome, <laughs> and the right brain is like using Firefox. <laughs> <laughs> left brain is Google Chrome, right brain is Firefox. All right, I'm, I'm with you because Google Chrome, after you use it for a couple months, it has like 40 gigs of all this memory that it puts on your hard drive, but you're not using it. But you're not using it. <laughs> yeah, you you can't access it if you on Firefox. Yeah, it's like it's like a cache file, you know. And then on <laughs> Firefox, it has another forty gigs of cache files you can't use if you're on Chrome. So you got eighty gigs of your hundred gig computer, your hundred yeah, gig but Chromebook. You can only access forty of it from. And iPhone. you also have your your Chromebook dual booted on. Uh, you got one on the Chrome OS, mm-hmm. and you have Linux on the other one. Yeah. So that's even more dividing it. So he was like, because he was like an IT guy, so he's pretty smart. Lie. This dude is he's pretty on target with this. No lie, this analogy. Only problem is that. The funniest thing about all of this stuff that I'm like saying, it's not made up. All of this has been scientifically substantiated. How many neurons do we have in our brain? We can literally go fucking count them. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you could go count what, them, it's fine. Whether or not the right side of your brain can access the left side's information, do you think that that's something we can scientifically substantiate? Yes, it we, is. We can we scientifically it many, disprove many times, it. And it's, yes, that is the case. Your right brain can interact with the stuff on the left side of the brain. There's connections across. See what I'm trying to say? That's the issue with this analogy. So that's why. So that's why, like, lobotomy works. Yes, not lobotomy. Um, in particular, uh, what's called a hemispherectomy. Have you ever heard of that? What's that? If you have um very very substantial trauma to your head slash brain when you're young, they can literally chop off half of your brain. I thought literally that's what ha- a lobotomy was. Uh, yeah, lobotomy is like cutting the brain, but a hemispherectomy in particular is one half of it. So it keeps you from being like dysfunctional or something? You lit mark. You can literally have half of your brain removed, taken out of your head. No more ha- no more right half of marked brain. Just imagine. You only got the left half of your brain. You're a little kid though, right? So you have way higher neuroplasticity. This has been done, performed on children. Oh, you can catch up to have like a regular Their brain? Their left brain. They don't get no more brain. They, it's gone. There's no way for them to get a right brain. Their left brain does all the same shit that the right side of their brain did. That's a very substantial um, Holy shit. scientific proof that your left side of your brain is on that right side time. And if it need to be, you see what I'm saying? Nice. Wait, wait, wait a second. There's a little if you get your brain cut out when you're young, why they call it a brain stem if you're not going to grow a new one? Your stem? Your brain stem. You still have the stem. You just don't but have why it. don't grow a new brain, though, if it's gone? I mean, I don't know if her left side would be bigger or what have you, or if it would like be shaped differently. But I know that she's missing the right side of her brain. She still was a fully functioning person. Like there's like there's like video of her. She was a, a dancer when she was a kid. And, you know, when they first had the operation, she couldn't walk, she couldn't talk, she couldn't do any of this stuff. She can dance now. So she's a fully functional. She, she can dance, bro. Even she, I mean, she can talk, she can talk, she can walk, she can dance. I, I think dancing is a very good thing to bring up because that's like controlled by the right side of your brain, if I remember correctly, and like. She's literally doing stuff like very high order motor, motor functioning skills. It takes a lot of brain power to be done with half a brain. So I got a question here. A little thought experiment. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I like saying thought experiment, even though it's not a thought experiment at all. Okay, I but, like that too. I'm a YouTuber. Uh, I like saying social experiment, which is essentially like domestic terrorism. Yeah, or I like prank. The prank slash social experiment. That's my. my yeah, point. I like slitting people's throat and calling it a prank. <laughs> I also like uh, enslaving a team of YouTube editors to make my shitty infographics. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say I like doing pretty much any normal thing. I put in parentheses in the hood, and that was a social experiment. I like being a white guy that says the n word on camera. <laughs> I like that. That's like fun for me. Yeah. It's like invigorating in a way. But continue. It activates my erogenous zones. But so the thing I was t- talking about was that if you had, like, she had to take her brain, half her brain out because of some sort of accident. I think it was because of some sort of fluid in her brain or what have you. Like, basically, there's an issue where, like, removing it would be the safest way to try to prevent her, keep her alive. So let's say you have not, no no accident, no, no, nothing's going wrong. You're just doing it for the heck of it. And you take the right side and you, like, put it in some sort of, like, some place to preserve it, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. And some cryogenic freezer. And this person, brain is developing. Its left side is getting on the right side. So when it turns like 13, we give it its right brain back. With all its young guy neuroplasticity and all this. Will this be like a super guy? If we Bro. get It basically has like a one and a half brains. I mean, it, I think if I had to guess how that would work. Once you take the brain out of their head, it doesn't work anymore. It's just a piece of, it's just a mound of flesh at that point. So there's no such thing as like a brain transplant? No, what I'm saying is once they take their brain out of their head, when, when they put it back in, it's just going to be a new mass of brain. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not, not going to work with the other path? The thing about the brain that's making it work is not the fact that it is a brain. It's like all the connections between it and the spinal cord and the neurons and all the, all the, the dendrites and all, all the connections between the different parts of the brain is what's making it perform so well. So if they remove it, it no longer has those connections. So when they put it back in, it's not like they're going to just return. It's not going to, it's not like taking a flash drive out, bro. It's no, like, so, that's not, so, but will the neuroplasticity, will like, it would be like putting in like a newborn brain on one side. I don't know. I don't know. A newborn brain on one side. Okay, so if you had a hemispherectomy, so you only have the left brain, right? You're, we put your right brain back in your head. How are we going to connect it? What's going to connect it to your left brain? What, what does it right now? It's like part of it. It's like connected. It was connected until they cut it off. Once they put it back on, like how are they going to reconnect it? Are they going to like fuse it? Yeah, fuse to solder it, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. But like, the, it's like, how are they gonna put your brain, your right side of your brain, on the left side? In what way are they gonna be connected? If they're not connected, then your left brain is just gonna be next to your right brain. It's not actually gonna be connected to it. So you, it's gonna do no. It's gonna have no benefit for you. My my question isn't how the connection will work. Can you reconnect it? Mm-hmm. My qu- my question is like, does the brain have the possibility to be like reactivated and connected to and like work with? another side like even if like let's say like you had like some sort of extremely traumatic incident and like like let one half of your brain would just go dead but almost like a coma it wakes up after a couple months i know it probably hasn't happened before it probably has happened before to be honest with you i mean for instance in seizures that like large parts of your brain can like deactivate for a time yeah and i guess also with a stroke as well mm-hmm. but in both of those instances it's, it's still, still connected. connected you see what i mean yeah and that's why I think of it as separate from taking a piece of your brain out of your head. Yeah, all this talk about brain is making me hungry to get some brain. I know, bro. 
I mean, all this talk about brains is making me wish I had some head. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that was low-hanging fruit. But look, to finish up that story about the short-term memory and everything, we did a second version of this experiment where you're supposed to, um, you like do a kinesthetic thing to tie with it. So for instance, the, the words in this instance, it was like clap, blink, wink, squeeze, lean. Like these were all words in it, right? They had 15 words. And it, she told us, I want you to do the action as you say the word. And overwhelmingly this time, everyone had a higher score. One of the chicks, she had a 13 out of 15 on it. She's like a dancer, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty interesting. Like the dancer in our class, she got a 13 on that one. The first one, she got lower to seven. Funny, right? The first one she got like seven. Like basically, the first one she did average on. The second one she like basically had double what you would expect from anybody because mm-hmm. she had the kinesthetic association with these things. And I'm sure she's like honing that skill from like learning choreography and stuff. But basically, on that one, me, I'm the Chinese girl dude. I was just about to say me and the foreign exchange dude. She ended up getting an eleven on that one. The first time she got a twelve, she got an eleven on the second one, and she was like, "It's weird because in Chinese, like she's like, we don't have a word for wink in Chinese. So when you say that." Like, it's basically like her making a nonsense noise and then winking. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, we don't have a word for that in Chinese. I've never heard that word before. And she's like, what was this other thing where you like, she's like, where you like grip your eyes. Oh, squint. She's like, I'm like, you talking about squint? She's like, yes, yeah, squint. What, what, what is this thing? I was like, it's like when you try to see something far away, you like, you like squint. She's like, yeah, we, we don't have a word for that in Chinese. And so basically... She could not. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, it's probably like they call blinking one uh, half wink, and they call squinting half uh, blinking. Yeah, or something, something like that. Or something like that. But basically, she's saying there's there's not a word for those two in particular, and because of that, she couldn't establish the connection with it. So she ended up just not being able to remember it, even though she tried. And like she knew the word, she wrote the word down. You know what I'm saying? She can't remember it because she doesn't know the word in English. And it's funny on that one. I got, I got an 11 both times. And you would expect somebody to get a higher score on a kinesthetic one. But because I was already using, like, I don't know, a strategy of sorts to remember it in the first place, it was not any difference between that. It was just, like, me using the same. Like, the boost that I would get from doing it kinesthetically, I get that same boost just from thinking about it visually. So, they had, was there, like, another test that's, like, it's for, like, that one favors people who are active in getting those has those associations because mm-hmm. from like orders. Um, well, what about for like uh, abused latchkey kids? Like I need to feel the words to do better, to memorize it. It's like I need to be kicked, I need to be bit, punched, <laughs> you know, all types yeah, of- Yeah, like, like if, if they said, if they said uh, a bunch of words that were used to like denigrate you in your past, you would just remember those inherently better than anyone else? Yeah, cat of nine tails, someone yeah. calling me a worm, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, if you were mentally affected by the words, you just have a better grasp on them. Yeah. Well, that's been shown to be true. I mean, I don't know if I brought this up, but there's two types of ways to try and, like, move things up in the hierarchy of thinking, basically. Like, it's, like, short-term memory, then it's working memory, then it's long-term memory. And so we have what's called maintenance rehearsal, which is where you essentially just, like, do it over and over again. Think, like, rote memorization is what most people call it. Like, if I have a word I want to remember, I just say the word over and over again. I use it in my day-to-day speech and everything. And that will help it get further to my implicit memory, which is long term. And then there's elaborative rehearsal is where you make an attachment or a connection, you know, because memory is all about connections. If you make a connection between that thing and something else in your past, you're more likely to remember it. In a way, I try and think about it. And look, this is no longer fact. Everything I was saying before that is based on my factual knowledge. 
Mm-hmm. Now we're stepping into that water where people will start pontificating, you get me? Mm-hmm. But work with me here. The way I would think about it is, let's say I want to remember the number 17, all right? 17 to me, like, no joke, think about this for a second. 17 to me is 10 plus 7. To you, not really, right? It's fucking 17. 17, it was... I thought of the age of consent in 1917. See, see, exactly. You have a, so you have those connections. Basically, the more connections you have to it, the more likely you are to remember it. You see what I'm saying? So in a math, if we're only thinking mathematically, let's use a, a better one would be like 64, right? Let's say a guy like me, I know all of multiples of 64. 2, 4, 16, 8, 20, 32, not 24, 32. You see what I'm saying? So if I know all that at the top of my head, I can think about the number 64 Mm-hmm. In the in there's way more connections between like if we just say 64 is right here in my head right at yeah. the top of my head it's connected to multiple other different parts of my brain so whichever part of my brain I'm using I might be able to think of 64 you see what I'm saying when I hear these numbers I think of years and mm-hmm. objects yeah and I think this is why like for instance we've noticed you have way better memory for geography for history for names for places than mm-hmm. I do. You see what I mean? So you're better at doing math but, problems. But, and this is the funny thing, right? If I apply the same kind of thinking that I have for math, I do good on history stuff. If you were to, but this is what, I'm, this is what I was going to bring up. No one is told in their math class to apply that type of thinking. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, no one is told to do that. But I feel like we should be. And people would probably be better at, like math specifically, is a subject a lot of people are like oh, I'm bad at math I'm horrible I can't I'm not good I'm not good with numbers yeah what the fuck do you mean <laughs> how are you not the, good with numbers that's the first language you learn before a, a English. number is an abstract thing how are you bad with it <laughs> you see what I'm saying and like I feel like if people were encouraged to use a lot of math teachers and like just STEM field teachers in general they are very like algorithmic thinkers I guess you would say like they they think of things very contextually and very like or or they're the football coach either one yeah that too that's another reason it's horrible like math teachers in general are some of the worst i would say and like if we were encouraged to think about math linguistically for instance i think we would have a much better understanding of it hmm interesting i feel like the only this is something that i would definitely want to like i don't know how to involve this in my my life goals my aspirations besides just becoming a teacher and making i definitely don't want to be a fucking yeah. teacher bro but move to Texas, you make a lot of money. But you might find it extremely frustrating. Yeah. And that's why I started off with like the wanting to become a psychiatrist because I wanted to do research on this sorts of things. You see what I'm saying? But yeah, that's uh definitely like changing the curriculum to try and like encourage people to think abstractly and in an interdisciplinary way. You know what I'm trying to say? Because there are people I know who have very, very strong linguistic skills. Or for instance, let's bring up the dancing chick. She had average memory like it was almost double she had seven to 13 like that's nearly double the capacity right just mm-hmm. by associating the movement with the different things right mm-hmm. if we had her think about numbers in terms of like beats or rhythm you know what i mean instead of just like these finite simple things because numbers are so abstract that we should have these connections between things you see what i mean it's like we could encourage that in our curriculum i feel like we would have a more uh, what do you call that what is the word for it? We would have a more enveloped knowledge overall. You know what I'm trying to say? 
all of our knowledge would be more compacted, and thus we would be just we would just be smarter people. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Huh? In a concrete example, because it's funny. There's all kinds of like studies and and uh, instances of these phenomena. One of the most popularly uh, one of the most popularly substantiated instances of the way people learn, changing their brains literally, or the way people's brains work, changing the way they learn, is that pitch perfect. Being pitch, having uh, pitch perfect, uh, absolute pitch, that's what for Having absolute pitch which is where you can literally hear a note and you don't think of it as just a sound. You know, like, oh, that's an A, oh, that's a B, without having any sound before. Like, if I just randomly start playing the car home, you'd be like, oh, that's an A6 flat, right? It's like a weird, like, superpower type shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's more common in Chinese people. And the reason why that, that um, the researchers hypothesize is because Chinese is a tonal language. So they have to listen. Damn, they're like deep elves. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're good, bro. You're good, bro. Because that's literally what it is. And it's like they, since it's a tonal language, they already have the ear to listen for that sort of distinction. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when they do it in music as kids, it's just that much easier for them. And the faster that people are exposed to these kind of things, to this kind of thinking, the the better they will be overall. Because if you're when you're a kid. You have a level of neural plasticity that, like, you know, us past our prime, you know, us us early 20s. Like, Blew out my brain knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and me will never be able to do that anymore. Yeah. We, we can never learn perfect pitch. You can't teach it to yourself unless you're a kid and your brain is just that ready to be changed, to be molded. To, it's still growing that much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I can buy an auto-tune package. For sure. Yeah. Or you could just learn relative pitch. Which Fuck is that. I'm not learning anything. <laughs> yeah. But I'm a, it, it always has me thinking, bro, like you were saying. Uh, sort of what you were saying, how like we put another brain in someone's head. If we were able to make an adult's brain as plastile as a child's, like, then what? If you were able to give me, you know, a guy that can think and look and see, or you, a guy that's like got this kind of like historical context and understands things to that degree. If you, if I gave you a fresh, clean brain, right, <laughs> to just go learn things on, like, how much would that really change stuff for you? I think uh, I would have, I would have the ability to, things for to stick more. I mean, I don't know if that would, mm-hmm. that wouldn't change anything that I look into, but it would just, it would make things, like, there's books that I've read two years ago that I could not describe to you. Yeah. So I think having a high neuroplasticity. Well, depending like, on how you were primed, you you would be surprised, bro. You would be surprised. Like what do you mean? Instance, like for instance, if I, if we know you read a book right from a year ago, and I pull out that book, and I've I've done this with like plays I've been in, for instance, I pull out that book and I read a line from it, and I say, "What's the next line, Mark?" You might surprise yourself and be able to remember it just off of that priming. You see what I'm saying? Kautsky the bastard gets it wrong again. See, you did. <laughs> See? And it's crazy, bro. And, like, uh, the more connections and associations you have in your brain, like, the more you can, the more novel thoughts you can create. You see what I mean? First comes tragedy, the second time farce. Hmm. I'm just quoting random lines from books I read. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? Like, you, you can remember more. You, and that's why people say your long-term memory is, is infinite. 
Like it literally just expanded past their See, own perception. Not, not, when you, if you continue to say, I'm going to treat this like you saying some white lives matter shit. <laughs> keep, keep, keep your political face to yourself. <laughs> I, I have a, poli- a political motive to use the word infinite. Yes, I feel like it is ideologically motivated. <laughs> to say infinite? Yes. Oh, holy lord, dude. It just it makes me extremely angry, the concept of people telling me. We can measure the things mm-hmm. just because you... It's like a, like a trillion times a trillion is still a, a number. Trillions and trillions. Don't complicate this thing. Don't try to undermine my point by adding numbers to this, because all you're doing is just adding numbers. No, no, no. What I'm saying is trillions and trillions times each other, and in any in any perceptible sequence, though. You adding words. See, this is why you people can't understand the glory of God's light, because <laughs> that's the only thing that's infinite. Oh my lord! That's dude. the only thing that's infinite. Dude, if, I wish I had a piece of paper. I would show you what I mean. All right, look. All right, look, I'm going to try one more time to create this analogy, analogy for you. That was my German. You got something like a right arm? I was just going to draw something right quick. Uh, uh, there's a, some notebooks, some pads right there in the... All right, hold on to this. All right. Where? In the bookshelf, like on the right end of it, there's a bunch of... Like this one? Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So check this. This is what I mean. I don't want to... So, neuron one, neuron two, these are connected. This is a connection. Both is counts as one. So this one to this one. Is this one or this one? This one or this one? This one or this one? This one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And you notice how that I keep making them because new neurons are formed on a daily basis. New connections are formed on a daily basis. Dude, but do the pool of nuances grow? It expands constantly. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The number of neurons grow throughout your life. Yes. It just keeps going, bro. And it's, just, and it's just like, how many lines are on the page? As more, more, and more. It's like a fucking aberration, bro. They just pop up, pop, and then this one connects to this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. It connects to all of them. So not just they're making new connections. There's new neurons every day. Yes. Even That's when I'm like 50 years old, it's gonna be new neurons. Bro, we can just hard Google this. Because I was under the impression you just had got to a certain point. You had a finite amount of yeah. Like, it takes, like, 70 years for them to produce a new set of them or something like that. Bro, she want me to do this right now? I said next Thursday. Man, she been... No, oh, she know I'm not, because that was earlier today. Never mind. My um, manager was talking about some meeting I got to go to. Next week, but next week, not today. So, look. Can your brain form new neurons? Because if this is the case, I'm more sympathetic. I'll move to a neutral position on the infinite question. <laughs> Do hippocampal neurons continue to form in older adults, including those with MCI and Alzheimer's? Neurogenesis, the process of forming new brain cells, appears to continue in people well into old age, according to a recently published study funded in part by the NIA. All right. Neurogenesis, the process of forming new brain cells, appears to continue in people well into Oh, I'll stand moderated. Not wrong. You literally form new connections. It, it's infinite because it continues to grow indefinitely. Okay. That's like the definition of infinite. You gotta give me that one. But you die eventually. You ever thought about that one? Oh, <laughs> you ever thought about that one? Oh, 
it's always a catch twenty two with you people. What are you talking about? We be you people. What do you mean? Let me just ask you something. Do you think it's just possible to exhaust God's grace? Because you really try hard to do so. Uh, only if you lose his favor. But if you're be if you're oh being a good boy, Lord, how could I lose his favor if he's the one that orchestrated all of my behaviors and thoughts? See, this is you got all you got all them infinite neurons. Don't even understand the fucking game. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. While we're on the topic, bro, it is well documented in the Bible that God has authority and force over all things. There is no free will. That's just the Bible's opinion. Well, there is no such thing as free will. You could be atheist and know that. Okay. That's the case. Why is it appropriate for God to punish anybody for their actions? Because you are, you can at some points be a vessel for the devil to work through or evil in general to work through. And he's not so much punishing you. He's punishing. No, I'm the one burning in hell. I'm being punished. Yeah, you're the vessel for, you got, it's like, it's like in like zombie games, you get infected by like a zombie. We got to shoot you. It's not your fault that you got infected, but. Okay. And that's the way that God views things. That's one way we can view. Very human to me. We, like, no, no, no. This is a human. Like out of a book that a man wrote. This is the human understanding of God's actions. You know, the truth is somewhere greater than our understanding. Okay, so basically, we are limited by our human perception. Yes, we're limited by our finite amount of neurons and neuro- neurological <laughs> connections. We're, we're limited by the fact that we have uh, mortality as a, a factor of our. Of yes. Our yes. But there you go. Concrete evidence. Your old Genesis. Your old Testament. Genesis? Yeah. What? <laughs> Neurogenesis. Old Testament. Yeah, man. I think that about wraps us up. Huh? Yeah, it wraps us up. Rap got to wrap it up like my father should have done 23 years ago. I'll drink to that. All right. Just like my alcoholic father. Look, look, look. Don't you also have a? I never confronted you on this, but we gotta talk about your FBI connections. We'll, we'll save that for a later oh, time. We gotta save it for a later time. <laughs>